Good morning. Hey, didn't that pie look good? <laughs> uh, it looked good. I'm kind of hungry. Uh, it's an absolute joy to be with you in the room and online this morning. Uh, thanks. It's an honor that you've joined us. Whether you've walked in the building with your mask or whether you're watching online or you're listening later, um, just thanks for being with us. It's a good thing. Today is the first of four weeks we're going to uh, talk about this series, The Rest of the Pie. And uh, Tim was right, I've been involved in our stewardship teaching here at Orchard for probably 30 years, because I like teaching about stewardship. I like teaching about the responsibility and the joy we have with giving back to God. And uh, actually, it was my, my oldest son, Jer, who for a couple years on our walks, we go on a lot of walks, and he said, Dad, why doesn't the church ever talk about the other part of the pie. Wasn't church ever teach very much about the 90% that we keep after we give the church a piece of the pie? And uh, he bugged me on that enough that I brought it to the teaching team and they said, yeah, that sounds like really good for this year. Let's talk about that. So we're assuming, after all these years of teaching, we're assuming that most people in our congregation understand that the Bible teaches that the first piece of the pie ought to go back to God. It's called first fruits in the Bible, and it's like the first thing we ought to do with our resources, our resource pie, is take that piece and give it back to God, weekly, monthly, annually, however, however you think about your giving. We ought to do that, and we ought to do it with joy. And we ought to, uh, some of us, as our pie gets bigger, that piece ought to get bigger. And some of us, as we have less responsibility, that piece ought to get bigger. But we're going to assume for this whole series that you understand that and that most of you are already doing it. And again, I want to thank you on behalf of the church because... Uh, our giving has actually been uh, incredible during this pandemic, so thank you. We think that you get that, but then here's what happens. I come and I write my check or I do it on the app, and then I think, okay, now the other 90% is mine. I can do whatever I want with it. Bonk, thanks for playing. <laughs> the Bible teaches just the opposite. Listen to me. The Bible teaches God cares just as much about the rest of the pie as he does that piece that you give to him directly. He cares just as much when you put gas in your own car to take your kids to school or soccer practice or go buy groceries. He cares just as much about that as he does when you give money and our youth group van gets filled up with gas so our kids can go on a retreat. He cares deeply about the whole pie. And so the Bible has lots of clues about, well, what do we do with the rest of the pie? What are the principles that he cares that we use for the rest of the pie? Now, before we get any farther, I've got to uh, take out a coin. Some of you who have seen me teach quite a bit realize at times I talk about a two-sided coin, but there are two truths that are in balance in the Bible. In fact, my belief is almost all biblical truth, as we live them out, we're living on the edge of the coin. Uh, an example would be faith and works. We just sang that song about how we are a child of love and grace, God's love and grace. Yes, we are. And all that matters is my faith in Christ. That's all that matters. Wait. But then James says, there's another side to the coin. Faith without works is dead. So what do we do between faith and works? Well, we live on the edge of the coin, yes. I, I totally am a child of God. I have the righteousness of Christ. And, and this applies in stewardship, but 
Uh, let me do an aside here a minute. I was here a couple nights ago at BASIC uh, uh, doing a talk, and I used the coin for a different principle. But um, I, 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 most Sundays I'm at home watching this online, and I keep hearing Doug and uh, Brian and Jeff talk about what a great job our ministries are doing during the pandemic. And uh, over the past couple of several weeks, I've been at two of our ministries. I've been at Chaos, and I've been at BASIC. And I just got to tell you, I am shocked at how effective they are. Uh, how many students are here? And the way they're worshiping God. Still wearing masks, but worshiping God. And I, I was just surprised. And then they went out afterwards on Thursday night, and they had a couple big bonfires, and they had some treats, and they had social time. And I was sitting right in a seat here, and a young lady Thursday night got up to tell her story. Her name was... Haley Langstrand. She's from Kansas City. She's a senior. She's the manager of the UNI basketball, men's basketball team. And uh, come to find out, Haley Langstrand is kind of like a granddaughter of this church. When I came 85 years ago, <laughs> 1985, I meant to say. <laughs> it feels like 85 years ago. Uh, when I came in 1985, her grandparents were my first, first youth leaders, Clint and Ruth. And now they've moved to Kansas City. And her dad and his brother were two of the leaders in, my, in our youth group in those days. And now here's Haley, and her testimony was so powerful, so powerful. You could have heard a pin drop in this room. She said, I didn't even think I had a story about God at work until 2019 when I... At the beginning of each year, I choose a spiritual word to focus on for the year. And she said, 2019, I felt like God gave me the word trust. So I said, okay, I'll trust you. And in 2019, that was the year, I mean, just all the things that happened in her life that required trust. And you could have just held a pin. So all I'm saying is there's great ministry going on here um, at Orchard in, in, in kind of invisible ways right now. And so that was powerful. Okay, now back to this, stewardship. Stewardship has two sides of a coin that actually, intuitively, you already know this, and, and you've been thinking about it, but you may not have put it into words. So on the one side, we're a child of God, and we're loved, and because we've taken Jesus as our Savior and Lord, our rescuer and our leader, we know that his righteousness and God's forgiveness is on us. We can mess up stewardship all we want. I mean, the thief on the cross, who Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise, probably never did one good thing with stewardship. That's one side of the coin. I have the righteousness of Jesus because he paid the whole price. But wait, 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 wait. There's another side to the coin when it comes to stewardship. What you do with your money is incredibly important to God. You see, we always say we're the hands and feet of God. We're actually the hands, feet, and billfold of God on this planet these days. So yes, I get a free pass, and I get the forgiveness of God, but yes, at the same time, what I do with my money and how I use it is so vital to him. He cares deeply. It's almost like when I get to heaven, he's going to say, I'm gonna, he's going to look me in the eye and go, Dave, what did you do with my son Jesus? I'm going to say, well, I took him as my leader and my Lord, and he's going to say, welcome, my child. 
He's going to go, oh, by the way, Dave, what did you do with all the money and stuff I gave you? How did you feed the poor and care for the widow and love the immigrant? And how, how did you uh, provide for my church? Right? And I honestly don't know how those two go together. It's called tension. We live on the edge of the coin. I have total forgiveness if I mess up, for sure. But what I do really, really, really matters to God. He cares deeply. So we live on this tension. Actually, one of the definitions of mature faith living is we learn to live in tension. Okay, now, uh, uh, Matthew chapter uh, 25, verses 14 to 30. You've, you've heard this taught here before, but we're going to teach it in terms of the whole pie this time in, in a little different way. So uh, let's take a look at this. Uh, Matthew 25. This is the parable of the talents, and uh, Jesus is speaking, and his first word is again. Well, whenever you see the word again, you got to go, again what? Why is he saying again? Well, he's got four or five stories in a row are about what is it like to live in the kingdom of God? I don't mean heaven, but I mean in the kingdom of God here. What is it like, and when is Jesus coming again? So he says, here's another story again. It will be like a man going on a journey. Now, that man is God. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. So let's just be clear again. The car you drove over here in, whose is it? You're going to the banks. No. <laughs> it's God's. The house you're going to go and have lunch in, whose is it? God's. The shoes you put on this morning, whose is it? God's. It's his wealth. You didn't have it when you were born, and you won't take it with you. It's his. His wealth. Okay, let's go on. To one, he gave, God gave, five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. This is shocking to me. We have different size pies. Some of you have a nice, plump, middle, middle class size pie. And when you take a piece of it, it's this size. Some of you, especially during the pandemic, or some of you are unemployed, or some of you are retired only on Social Security, your pie is more the size of one of those personal pies you get at a reception. Right? You feel that way. Some of you have a whole rack of pies. Right? You have income streams, and you have businesses, and you have farm property, and you have... Uh, you know, inheritances. You have a whole rack of pies. And who determined the size of your pie? According to this story, God. You could have been in, born in Haiti and had this size of a pie. In fact, when I was challenged to teach on stewardship in Haiti, I had to, like, do some serious thinking. Families who have a little bit of rice, not enough to fill their stomachs, still have to follow the very principles of giving that God said. So, uh, each one accord. Then he went on his journey. So this is that time when he's on his journey, when we have uh, stewardship, management of his stuff. Let's go to the next one. The man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work. Though it doesn't mean he gave all five bags to the church. That's not what it means. 
He put it to work. He, like, got a house. He bought medical uh, support for his family. He maybe enrolled his kids in uh, some kind of a, an event that would help them grow. He did give a portion back to the church. But he used all five bags in a really good way. And gained five more bags. Now, what does that mean? That means when we use God's money in an appropriate way, the impact of it is, uh, is strong, is double, is... Uh, if you're a tither and you raise three kids to be tithers, now this is only that peace giving back. Um, wow, that's impact. If you don't get lost in consumer credit, if you learn how to use consumer credit in a positive way, and you teach that to your children, and your children teach that to your grandchildren, how much positivity is that for the kingdom of God? It's incredible. So, five bags more. Okay, let's go on. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. Let's go on. Uh, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So he didn't use it well at all. And in a minute, we're going to learn why. Let's go on. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. This is the primary. Most parables that Jesus told have a primary purpose. This is the primary purpose of this. You will be held one day accountable for the stuff God put under your management. You'll be held accountable for it. It's not yours. You'll be held accountable for it. He settled accounts with them. So he came back. He's going to settle accounts. Let's look at the next verse. This is a joyful verse. The man who had received the five bags brought the other five. And he said, Master, look, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. I've used my resources for impact. Okay, let's go on. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. You remembered it was mine. You used it in good ways. And with a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. It's part of the party. Now, whether we get a crown or a merit badge that we get to put at the feet of Jesus in heaven, all that, I, I don't know. Let's go on. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. This is the one. I, did, I, I skipped the two because it was the same words. Let's go on. So I was afraid. When people often don't leverage their whole pie well for God, you know what the primary reason? They're afraid. They're afraid it's not enough. They're afraid I won't be able to uh, let it have impact. They're afraid. They're afraid. It belongs to you. Okay. So... Now, what I would like to do is I would like to um, give several biblical hints about how to use the rest of the pie. And um, uh, these are hints from the book of Proverbs. These are hints from stories of Jesus. Um, now, I've got nine of them on my sheet, and there's like 12 or 14 more. And I don't think that's that helpful. But here's what I think is helpful. What if God would whisper 
one of these to you. Because overall, I think you're doing great. Overall, I look at, I look at you guys. I, I, know all, I know most of the people in this room. I can't see all of you, but I, I, as I walk up and down, I know most of you, and most of you are doing a really good job on this. So I want you to be encouraged. But maybe there's just one or two rememberings, because Tim said that. Help us remember. Rememberings you need to pick up this morning. So the first one, uh, so here's some strategies. The first one is you've got to care for your family with the remainder of the pie. The Bible says even the pagans do that. You've got to care for your family. You've got to pay the electric bill. You've got to provide food. You've got to buy books when books are needed. Uh, uh, Halloween candy for last night. It's, it's, it's all good. You got to um, care for your family. And this might be beyond just your core family you're living with. You might have parents or grandparents that need some help. You got to do that. You got to care. And and when I do that, that's just as important to God as when I give money to the church. You got to care for your family. You know, I made a list housing, transportation, medical care, education, phones, lawnmowers, gas for the car, food for the table, you know, on and on and on and on. Okay, number two principle. Now, some of you go, I got that one. Okay, great. Number two, ownership clarity. And again, this is about the third time I've hit it. It all belongs to God. It's all his. Your portfolio in the bank, it's his. Your cash in the checking account, it's his. And there's a subtle change in us when we remember that. This is his. Number three, the rest of the pie. Uh, some college uh, staff told me to put this one in. Be intentional. Be intentional. Um, because we will be held accountable. And what's the best way to be intentional? Keep track. Do you know where your money went last month? Here we are, November 1. Do you know where your money went in October? Almost all strategies when you're trying to make progress, begin with, figure out where you are. You want to you count calories? Lose weight? The first thing you got to do is figure out, how many am I taking in? The same with money. Keep track. No. In, in, again, it can be broad or, or specific. It can be down to the penny, or it can be in broad strokes, whatever kind of person you are. But be intentional. And maybe it's a once-a-year kind of a... a balance sheet picture, maybe. I, I, but, but I do know we need to be in, intentional. And the college students asked me to say this one because they think uh, lots of college students simply have an income, but they really have no idea where their money's gone, and then they're broke like on the 20th of the month. It's like, well, what happened? It just goes. So not only is this something we need for ourselves, we need to teach our children. Be intentional. Number, uh, number four. Live with margin. In most eras of, of your life, according to Proverbs, you ought to spend less than you take in. Now, there are exceptional eras, right? There are exceptional situations. Uh, it's not going to work for a college student who's paying tuition and working at best part-time. It's just not going to work. But in general, live with margin, spend less than we get during our era of life. I think that's enough said. Um, Number five, you might not have thought of this one. This one might be new to you. See God's provision beyond your salary. I know some of you were involved in a Jackson Hansen 
bike race yesterday, and some of you were involved in helping the Hansons get a bedroom for Jackson, and most of us in the church would know the story of Jackson. Well, if Dave and Jess look at God's blessing this year only at their salary, they're not going to have eyes to see most of what God's doing. Because how God is providing for them is way different than their salary number. And that's true of you and me, too. You ever realize God sometimes simply makes a car last longer than it should? You ever realize that, um, well, this year, you know, I'm, I'm in my first full year of, like, transition retirement. And a couple gifts have come to our family to help us as we've walked with Jer. And uh, uh, it's been incredible. And if I didn't see that as with eyes that said, hey, God provided there along with my Social Security, I would be missing his, his beauty. I would be missing his work. So uh, we tell this to our staff all the time. Don't expect for a minute that God's full blessing is tied up in your salary numbers. He's going to bless you in incredible ways beyond inheritances, life insurance, gifts, um, maybe an exploding stock. I, I don't know how he's going to do it. Maybe just things last longer. So don't expect to uh, see God's provision beyond your salary. Number, uh, number six, uh, prepare for the future. Save and have an emergency fund. If, if you don't implement this in your life and your refrigerator breaks down, you're in an emergency. Whereas if you have an emergency fund and your refrigerator breaks down, you just go, well, let's get another one, right? And so uh, there needs to be kind of a backup plan where you've prepared for the future, prepared for the future. Um, put others first. That's the next one, put others first. So I got this 90% of the pie, and it's just not, it's just not for me. It's, it includes for others, so I need to put others first. And, you know, we've been seeing that uh, GoFundMe when our family had the tragedy. Many of you made a gift to something like that to help us financially get through that. Uh, same with Jackson. Uh, I mean, uh, put others first. Um, uh, we've just seen it over and over again. And then uh, number eight, some of you will like this one, enjoy toys, trips, and experiences. Have you taken a walk this fall and seen how extravagant our God is? with the colorful trees and the wild flowers and the deer and the turkey? Have you just seen how extravagant God is? So he doesn't want you to be some kind of a miser not having any fun with your pie. He wants you to go buy that snowmobile. Go buy that motorcycle. Go um, buy that bicycle. Go whatever it is. Uh, we had our 50th anniversary this uh, past August. And the, the kids, primarily Emily, but all the kids helped with a book that's, here's, here's your 50 years. Not one single sentence went to, I paid the utility bill every month for 50 years. Not one sentence went to that. Not even one sentence went to, I put food on the table, Lynn and I together, for 50 years. You know what the whole book's about? Our toys our vacations, our experiences, our trips. And some of those we took when you 
might not think we should have because of our financial situation. But we did it anyway, and now it's a highlight of our kids' lives and something they remember and tie to us. So don't be afraid of this. We have a God of joy. You know, you want a tractor? Get a tractor, you know? Whatever it is. Now, don't do it on credit. Do not do it on credit. Save up for it. Number nine. This may be no judgment of others. I don't get to look at your pie and see how you're doing it and make a judgment. Judgment in the Bible belongs to who? God, the one who will hold us accountable. So I don't get to make a judgment of you. You want a really expensive bicycle? Go for it. I probably will do well with my $84 one here. Uh, You know, we don't judge each other, right? We can't. Because we don't know the heart. No judgment. As I looked back, we, we moved to town. And uh, we've always prioritized as a family uh, joy experiences, trips. And we moved to town. I was being paid $12,000. This is in 85. Uh, $12,000 by the church because I had asked them that I could work half time for this church and then find some other things so that I could pull together a youth ministry that would be bigger, bigger than one church. And they agreed. So I was making 12000 We sold a house with a little profit. And, you know, 12000 would hardly even feed our family of six. And then we took a trip to Disney. And you go, wow, that was stupid. I didn't even have a good car to get there. Ed Baker, the pastor of this church, lent me his station wagon. <laughs> if you were going to judge somebody, like he's an idiot, it would have been me. But in our heart was... There's, a, there's an age at which our kids will have the best experience. It's something we've wanted to do. We're going to do it. Right? So don't judge me. Uh, and I can't judge you, and you can't judge each other. Um, judgment belongs to the Lord. And, uh, gosh... This, the rest of the pie is, is, is a huge, huge uh, thinking. And uh, back to this, back to the coin. You know, God loves you and any mistakes you've made. If, uh, you know, there's several others I could. If you're married, like try to do this together as best you can. Uh, avoid consumer debt. You know, don't pay those interest rates, right? But if, you, if you've made mistakes... Christ's love covers it. But do better. Do better and find joy in doing better. Uh, I listened to uh, Kurt Vanderweel's teaching last week, and it it really touched me. I I don't know how many of you heard it. Um, It was about set your hearts on things above and not below during this election and all that. And I I texted Kurt right away and said, hey, Kurt, uh, really, really good job. And I'm going to write a prayer and I'm going to pray it every day to help me set my heart on things above during this era of our nation. And so I wrote a prayer and I've been praying it twice a day, uh, all week long. I'll keep praying it through this next week and who knows how long. And I, I want to pray it here together at the close of my teaching, just as a surrender prayer that all of us could set our hearts on things above during the coming days. So let's, let's pray together, and then we'll worship. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father,
we surrender to you. We surrender all of our lives and our resources to you. Help us remember that you own all we have. All we have is yours. And we surrender our families, our health, our futures, our relationships, our resources. We surrender our nation and our election to you, dear God. Help us to be good stewards as we do our part in voting this week. Help us be good stewards in not judging others. Help us work uh, and keep you in control. Father, you are uh, beyond our thinking. You're beyond our minds and hearts to understand. Your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We are your servants, help us. We ask you to fill us with the fruit of your spirit today and this week. Help us be filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, forbearance, gentleness, and self-control. Help us. Give us eyes to see you at work, dear God. Give us eyes to see you at work because you are at work. In Jesus' name, amen.